Chapter One of Life and Death. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Susan Morin, Sabatis, Maine. Life and Death by Catherine Booth Chapter 1 Religious Indifference Acts Chapter 18 Verse 17 And Galileo cared for none of these things. When riding in the train a little while ago, I overheard a conversation between two gentlemen, a young man on one seat and an elderly man opposite to him on the other. They were conversing about some person recently dead, and I heard the young man say to the other, Oh, he had no more religion than I have. I thought to myself, there is a state of confessed indifference on the subject of religion. I wonder whether that young man is an infidel. I will try to get an opportunity of speaking to him before the journey ends. And so I did, and I found that he professed to believe in God and the Bible and heaven and hell as much as I did. And yet he had betrayed in that conversation that he had no religion, and that it was a matter of indifference to him. And I thought, now this is the state of tens of thousands, and this is so called gospel land they like galileo care for none of these things these words with respect to galileo were not spoken directly of his spiritual state but with respect to matters that affected him more as a magistrate and a ruler nevertheless they convey an idea to us of his indifference on great spiritual questions which concern him really as much as they concern paul only that he did not see it if it had been as he supposed a question of mere names and jewish ceremonies his indifference would have been justifiable but he was mistaken here, his premises were wrong, and therefore his conclusions were wrong. The questions as to how God ought to be worshipped and served, as to whether the Bible were a divine revelation, as to whether Jesus Christ was really the Son of God, were questions quite as important to Galileo as they were to Paul if he had only seen their importance. 
his indifference sprang out of his mistake he was mistaken about the whole question and therefore was indifferent and he drove them away as having no responsibility in the matter this is just the position of tens of thousands round about us today they have heard about religion but they have a notion that it is a system of absurdities and contradictions and can't fit only for half imbecile minds that is no question of theirs and so dismiss it from their minds they care for none of these things now i want tonight to talk about the state of religious indifference i want just to inquire into it for a little in passing we might say who knows what galileo lost by his indifference if he had just taken the trouble to inquire into these matters about which paul had been dragged before his judgment seat who knows what the issue might have been both to galileo and the church of that time for anything we know we might have had an epistle of galileo to the churches he might have helped to roll along the rising tide of salvation and been instrumental in the conversion of hundreds of souls but all this was lost for the want of a bit of trouble oh what a great many blessings how much light how much instruction and how much influence for good many professing christians lose for lack of a bit of trouble and how many sinners will lose their souls from the same cause no soul was ever saved yet who was too idle to seek but i want to distinguish in the first place between indifference and indecision which is quite another state of mind indecision always presupposes controversy going on in the mind a state of unrest a person may be undecided who is not indifferent he may be wide awake anxious deliberating and arguing the question as to whether he shall give his heart to god or not that is not indifference neither is infidelity infidelity is not indifference infidels are rarely at ease they wish they were they would give anything to be at ease i have met and talked with many and god has used me to the saving of a few but with one or two exceptions i never met with an infidel who on close conversation made it manifest that he was satisfied with his condition he is in the position of the man who had been to a lecture the object of which was to prove there was no god 
And as he was coming out, another man said, Well, hasn't it been good? Yes, he said, I am almost satisfied. I intend to send the lecturer a sack of corn, but if he had quite satisfied me, I would have sent him two. And there are many in that condition. They are not quite satisfied. This is a state of unrest, not of indifference. Indifference is often a state of mind of people who intellectually believe in God and in divine revelation. How wonderful it is that any being with a mind, a conscience, and a soul can remain indifferent after he has once heard or once professed to believe that there is a God, an eternity, a heaven, and a hell, and that he is a candidate for one or the other. Nothing can explain this mystery except that the God of this world hath blinded his mind. If people were to be told half as much with respect to their bodily danger as they often hear in one sermon about their souls, you would never be able to make them indifferent any more until they had adopted the means recommended for the improvement of their temporal condition. You convince a man that he is out of health, show him the importance of seeing a physician and getting a remedy, and if he is a sane man, he will never rest again till he has put himself under the means which he thinks most likely to cure him. But it is not so with people's souls. How can this be, when the interests at stake are so much greater? How can you account for it? You get them to a service and a little bit aroused. But the first great anxiety of the devil is to get them to sleep again, he says. I must not let that man hear such truth any more and he finds something to attract his attention as soon as he gets outside. The seed is sown, but the birds, evil spirits, come and snatch it away before it has time to take root. The great effort of the devil is to keep people indifferent, and nothing does he dread so much as awakening and arousing preaching or other instrumentalities calculated to awaken and alarm them. Oh, that the church understood this! Oh, that Christians understood it! It seems to me sometimes, instead of understanding it, they appear to be partners with the devil in trying to keep people asleep. They shrink away from any direct, personal, earnest, thorough dealing with souls that would be likely to awaken them to a sense of their danger. They do not recognize the fact as they ought, that Satan has got men fast asleep in sin, 
and that it is his great device to keep them so he does not care what we do if he can do that we may sing songs about the sweet by and by preach sermons and say prayers and go the jog trot round and round barrel organ fashion till doomsday and he will never concern himself about us if we don't wake anybody up but if we wake anybody he will gnash on us with his teeth this is our work to wake people up that is your responsibility you christians if that man with whom you are coming in contact dies and is damned in his sleep and you never went the common sense reasonable way to wake him god will demand his soul of you wake him wake him remember sinners are indifferent let us look at one or two causes of this indifference i say continually how is it that we cannot get men awake cannot get them to realize the verity and importance of spiritual things how is it they can be indifferent the first cause is that they are in ignorance of their danger they are like a man walking asleep by the side of a precipice they do not see their danger they do not apprehend the dire devilish damning character of sin they do not realize the consequences of sin they do not understand they are in darkness in ignorance on the whole question now what we want to do is to enlighten them make them face the great problems of existence life death judgment eternity heaven and hell enlighten them they are in ignorance ah how many are in willful ignorance of this they are willfully ignorant there are some in this hall you need not have been ignorant some of you had a christian mother who did her best to enlighten you before you came to the age of maturity some of you have sat under gospel ministries where there has been both light and power and yet you remain willfully ignorant god has taken endless trouble with some of you he has knocked you about to try to awaken you but you would not be aroused he has got your head round sometimes and made you face the problem of the future but as quick as ever you could you have turned it back the other way you would not look you are willfully ignorant mind it won't make damnation any easier you will be woke up by and by and never go to sleep again if you once get to hell there is no sleeping there indifference is the last thing that will ever visit that dark black abode 
You can shut your eyes now, oh yes, against the glorious Son of Righteousness himself. You can turn your head away and refuse to see, but you will never go to sleep any more once you are awaked for the last time. May God wake you now. Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. You can do it, or he would not bid you do it. It is your work to arise. God will make you stand and keep you going when you are up. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Will you awake tonight? Will you face right round? Will you let the light of the eternal world come streaming on your spiritual eyeballs? Will you look? If you will only look, you will be saved. If you go to sleep again, Christ himself cannot save you. The Lord help you to wake up. Another cause of this indifference is preoccupation of mind. A lady said to me, how have you managed to get your children converted so early? Oh, I said, I have been beforehand with the devil. I have not allowed my children to become preoccupied with the things of the world before I have got the seed of the kingdom well in. I have taken time by the forelock and cheated his satanic majesty out of his opportunities and now he can only grin and abide the consequences. The Lord help you to be beforehand with the devil, with your children. You have a baby. Don't be afraid of beginning too soon. If you give the enemy an inch, he will take a yard. Be beforehand with him. The reason why the great proportion of people remain indifferent is that they are preoccupied in the race for riches, for learning, for gentility, for position. There will be more souls lost through striving after position among decent people than through all other sins put together and all other ambitions put together. They say, we will be up in this world if we go down in the next and some of them get up, and the higher they get up, the deeper they fall. The Lord have mercy upon people who are selling their souls and the souls of their wives and children for position. I said to a gentleman at St. John's Wood once, Have you settled this matter? He said, Almost grinning in my face with vexation, no, I have not. The fact is, I have no time to think about religion. He was very much annoyed that he had been made to think about it for three quarters of an hour. I said, you will have to find time one day. How shall you manage that? Death won't ask your leave. Don't you think it would be wise to find a bit of time to prepare for it? Preoccupied, full of other things, people tell us in our anxious meetings, I am so busy, or I am set on this or on the other. 
and alas alas while they are running hither and thither the reckoning day comes death overtakes them bronchitis or fever or apoplexy or accident comes and they are gone and they never thought they would be damned they never intended such a thing they not likely with all their light and opportunities oh dear no but they were preoccupied they did not see whither they were going satan took care to keep them too busy to look god and death and judgment and eternity in the face we read that there are something like three hundred and fifty people killed in the streets of london every year how is that oh they tell us it is through preoccupation of mind here is a gentleman walking to his office his thoughts are carrying him on swifter than he is aware of he is not thinking of the hansom or the omnibus close by he is wondering whether that ship has come in what he shall make by that cargo or by that scheme he is negotiating he forgets he is in the midst of danger when on comes the hansom and down he goes and he is killed he was preoccupied that preoccupation led to his destruction oh what an illustration of people on the platform of time the devil never lets people be awake if he can help it he never puts them on the sick-bed it is god does that do not think satan will make you break your leg or do anything else that will give you time to think he will keep you going and never give you time he will keep you going and never give you one stopping place nor one hour to look back and think of god or eternity or your soul he will keep you on 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 rushing on ever the other morning as i went through the city i said to a friend who was with me look at the men streaming along look how they go how energetic they are how intent you can see what is going on in many of their minds i said if we could only get people as much concerned about god eternity and salvation of the world as these men are about their earthly affairs what might not be done if you were to speak of them about eternity they would think it an impertinence that you should dare to intrude religion upon them at such a time when they are so full of other things and on they go and there is scarcely a week passes but brings us the intelligence of some suddenly gone into eternity the day dawned on them most unexpectedly perhaps in the height of their prosperity when god said thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee let me try to show you the folly of this state of indifference 
it would be very foolish to expose yourself to any great temporal loss or suffering if by a little forethought and consideration it might be averted suppose you were afflicted with some terrible disease which by the use of judicious means might be arrested and your life be saved but when your friends warn you and counsel you to seek medical aid you say i don't care about my lungs or my liver here are these books i must attend to them here is the shop this building i cannot stop to think of my body and on you go indifferent to the consequences what folly your friends would say he is mad and truly you would prove yourself to be so ah you say there are no people so foolish as that no perhaps not in temporal things but alas there are thousands of such fools spiritually how the devil laughs at such people what chuckling they have over them down below my friend will you stop will you give your soul a chance will you make a bit of time to think about your dying bed and the judgment bar will you stop in your chase after riches position learning pleasure will you pull yourself up as a rational being ought and face about and look god and eternity in the face oh will you would to god i could make you would to god i could come and put my arms around you and entreat you with tears and prayers to stop and think if you will only stop and think you will be saved it is not in human nature to go into hell with the full realization of the danger if you will not think now remember i beseech you that you will have to spend eternity in thinking oh how wicked in the sight of angels and all holy intelligences thus to murder your soul for want of a little thought oh how wicked to circumvent the purposes of god and to help the devil to damn the world when a little thought and consideration would have prevented it oh what a monster of wickedness you are to be thus indifferent what an example to set to all created beings what a strengthening of the hand of all the wicked what a vile murderer you are in the estimation of angels and even of devils for they can see the heinousness of your conduct whether you see it or not you are worse than an infidel for you are more inconsistent he does profess not to believe in a god but you profess to believe in one and yet take no notice of him he professes to believe there is no hell or heaven you profess to believe in both and yet you are planning to plunge down to hell your sin is more monstrous than infidelity you are saying i care for none of these things i say this indifference is the height of folly and the extreme of wickedness may god help you to see it have you a soul a woman was very angry once when i asked her this what do you mean she said i said i mean what i say have you a soul she said 
Do you mean to insult me? Of course I have a soul as much as you have. I am glad to hear it. Is it saved? Saved? No, I don't know that it is. Then how monstrously inconsistent for you to be so offended at my asking if you had a soul and in the next breath you confess it is not saved. Do you not see what monstrous folly it is to profess to have a soul and yet never take one hour's serious consideration to know how it is to be saved? You had better believe you have no soul at all. You would be far less inconsistent and wicked my friend have you a soul will you stand there and tell me you have at the same time that you have never taken any time to consider what is to become of it that you have never faced the great problem of this book nor asked yourself what you are going to do in case of death that you have no plan for salvation and yet you believe you have a soul surely the time past shall suffice for such folly you will act like a rational being you will face the fact of your soul's destiny and settle the question whether you will be saved or lost forever will you i call on you in the name of reason of god of christ of eternity to settle it whether you will have your soul saved or not and if you will come and let it be done tonight End of chapter one. Recording by Susan Morin, Sabatis, Maine.